Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober, right here on Green Earth Radio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore on Green Earth Radio. We're continuing a discussion we had a little earlier on the show before me, The Good Green Witch with Rhonda DeFelice. She's going to be my guest today. And today, this is the first show in June. And on The Appropriate Omnivore, June is Fighting for Foie Gras Month. So we'll be talking about that as well as other bands that are going on. Plus, our desserts will tell you how to live appropriately in the upcoming week. But first, let's go to our appetizers and find out what happened this week in the world of real food. As I've explained, I've been very much against the foie gras ban, and I've been recommending places to go to eat foie gras while you can for the rest of the month. And as this has been happening, many restaurants have been loading their menus with expensive foie gras meals of multiple courses. As this has been happening, we've also found that the prices of foie gras have doubled. Now, certainly a thing with foie gras is that it is an expensive food to eat, and it is disappointing to hear that for people that have never eaten it before, based on price, it will be more expensive. But on the other hand, most of these restaurants do have a portion of the foie gras going to an organization called Chefs, which is working at reversing the foie gras ban. So as it's now maybe harder to get foie gras, I still do recommend if you can get it, do it this just once to experience it, see what it's like, and also to support the cause which is working on reversing the order. Also, it's been shown that many high-end restaurants, big restaurants, have increased the use of antibiotic pasture-raised meats. It originally started with Chipotle Mexican Grill, but now other big chains such as the Hyatt Hotels and the Bon Appetit Management Company are using antibiotic-free meats. Now, antibiotic-free meats are good. I would prefer that these would go to full pasture-raised meats, but certainly using the antibiotic-free is a step in the right direction. Just this past week, the FDA has ruled that high-fructose corn syrup cannot be labeled as corn sugar. They said that high-fructose corn syrup does not fit their definition of sugar, which they describe as solid, dried, and crystallized. Now, the FDA, there's a lot of things about them, a lot of their rulings that I don't agree with. But I have to say that here is one that I can get behind 100%. Also, in labeling news, there's a movement in Oregon to get a ballot initiative for the right to la- – for, G- for GMOs to be required to be labeled on any product. This is very similar to the one in California that's going to be, be, be on the ballot in November – And I have to say that this is great to hear that now a second state is following suit with California, and I think we're going to be seeing many other states do the same in the future and get ballots to ban or to require the GMOs to be labeled. And finally, many farmers have said that they've been providing cows with extra special care in their farm, in their dairy farms. The types of care that they've been giving have been things such as giving them chiropractors, having them rest on waterbeds, and even having them listen to classical music. They say that they've seen benefits of these conditions, such as the cows giving more milk and the quality of milk improving. 
Now, I've long supported better conditions for cows, but these ones that I'm hearing, they're news to me, and it's just – it's wonderful to be hearing all them. And now for our main course, which today is about banning foods. Now, we've been talking plenty on the show about the foie gras ban, how I've been against it. I've been recommending foie gras places to go every week. So we're going to be talking about that as well as other type of bans. First, there's the foie gras ban, which I'm against because it's very misunderstood about foie gras. Ducks, they don't have gag refluxes, and they also don't need to be fed this way. So it's very much a misunderstanding as to why foie gras is being banned, as to how people think it's bad, and that it's really not as bad as a lot of the stuff that happens in the factory farms with our cattle, chicken, and pigs. Another ban that's gone into place, or actually I should say being proposed, was Mayor Michael Bloomberg's ban on sugary products, a sugary drink specifically of a certain size. As the appropriate omnivore, I constantly bring up how I believe that there's actually a more direct link between diseases such as heart disease, diabetes, stroke, between sugar than there is with animal products. So I'm certainly against sugar and – I mean I support people using – substitutes such as sucanat or maple syrup. But I have to say that I don't think a ban is the answer. I don't know that it'll solve people's problems. I mean, okay, they won't be able to get it at restaurants. I mean, they can still get it at grocery stores and convenience stores. I'm also reminded of Mayo Bloomberg's ban several years ago on trans fats. And after that went into place, I don't really see how health has improved. I mean, People are still unhealthy despite the fact that they can't get trans fats in the food. And then there's the ban, which is I think the most ridiculous ban of all, which is the ban on raw milk, which is – raw milk is illegal in several states and it's been that way for decades. In California, it's legal but many other states, you can't get raw milk. And this all was because of how raw milk got villainized when the dairies were unsanitary and the cows were being fed things they shouldn't. So instead of giving the cows better conditions, they just pasteurized the milk. But pasteurized milk has led to many problems from lactose intolerance to asthma and other, and other things. Um, so I mean that one doesn't work and basically all it does is it restricts personal choice of people being able to have raw milk if, if they want it. So here to discuss with me about bans of all types of food is Rhonda DeFelice, the Good Green Witch. Her show airs before me on Green Earth Radio, and you're actually the first repeat guest I've had on this program. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I wasn't live there for a second. Sorry, but so many no, there's so many. <laughs> that it's, uh, Hi. I'm like, um, oh, wait, there's a uh, there's a live person in here. It's good yeah. to be here. Thank you for having me on the air. And thank you for being on my show before this, talking about bans, good and bad. We kind of discussed a little bit about the foie gras and how it fit into the scheme of things, why we're for some bans and against others. Right. And so, yeah, with that, the big product was the bags, mm -hmm. which Plastic certainly, bags. you know, it, uh, I often talk to you about, you know, what products are served in. So certainly that's... Uh, mm -hmm. It's a big issue of what you buy the things in as well as, you know, as well as the food itself. But I think now we're going to talk a little bit about the foie gras. So, yeah, great to have you. And I know you're supposed to do the show uh, 
maybe it's about a month ago, <laughs> but um, I, I happen, you know, I'm kind of doing some work. I'm right now. I'm building the appropriate omnivore kitchen, so <laughs> had to take the awesome. day off to uh, <laughs> to do that. So it's good to have you on the show. For thank you, good to be here. That as as you know, last month was Meat Lovers May, and then this month is Fighting for Foie Gras. That's kind I love of it. the theme of this month. So we're not going to have every guest be about that, but. I'm going to try to work it into every show and we'll have, <laughs> well, have a yeah, couple of guests. I had written a blog entry like about a month ago about how I thought this band was kind of not a good use of energy. <laughs> and you, of course, loved it very much. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, agree with it 100%. And so we talked previously on the show. You know, sort of do, I mean, we do like a previously on. <laughs> previously on? Previously the on Green The Good Witch. Green Witch. Right. Then we talked a little about why we thought Foie Gras Band was not the answer and what it'll resolve and kind of you're asking why are they doing it so I figured you were kind of saving that up for my show of yes. why is the Foie Gras Band well I think it's very much about it's very much about kind of a moral victory even if it'll change very little I mean it's going to be a thing that these evangelicals, these PETA these abolitionist vegans they're going to say look at what we, we accomplished they know that it's something that can be done because Foie gras is seen as a, as a luxury. Not a lot of people eat it. People have misconceptions about how it's done. So it's something that they know they can accomplish based on how some people think it's crueler than other types of meat that we eat, as well as the fact that a lot of people can't afford it. That it's like, you know, that, that's a thing. And it was the same thing with the fur band in West Hollywood. I mean, especially, you know, fur, it's expensive. And this is L.A. It doesn't snow. So... <laughs> you know, how often do we need fur? I mean, <laughs> I don't, yeah, see, to me, this whole thing, I had never had foie gras because it is pricey. It is expensive. It's 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 a luxury item. So spending all this energy banning it is kind of senseless to me because what are you really accomplishing? You're affecting how few people? Why aren't you putting your energy towards something else? Well, I had a lot of vegans kind of jump on me for that one saying, no, this is a good thing. And because animals aren't going to be you know, treated so poorly. <sighs> Why not focus on the education of what they do to these animals? Because you're not, you're not, I, I get so tied up about this because you're not really doing that much to help anything. Education is a good point, and I think I'm going to bring up a little about the education of the foie gras process and kind of why it's done the way it is and how it could actually be changed. It actually doesn't have to be done this way. No, it doesn't. It's all about greed. Right. So now, for one thing, ducks do not have gag reflux. So putting a tube down their throat and eating through a tube, you know, it's it's hard to get into a duck's mind, but let's just say because as humans, we do have gag reflux Eating through a tube would be very painful. Hmm. For ducks, it's not as painful because they don't have the gag reflux. Now, the other thing is the ducks, even when they're being fed through the tubes, they wa- I've heard that they walk up to the farmers as they're about to be given the food through the tube. And I mean, Because they want it. Yeah. I mean, you don't see in these factory farms, like for chickens, the chickens walking up in, in, you know, to what's about to be done to them. Hmm. <laughs> but the other thing is... The whole force feeding through a tube, there's some idea that that's the only way to get foie gras is to use a tube. No. There's a farmer in Spain. The ducks just walk up. They naturally eat the food. Mm -hmm. And you have to say, okay, I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's some 
you know, that if foie gras were like a major industry in America, that there would be these ducks and crab cages. But let's say <laughs> that there's free-range foie gras. <laughs> okay, so they're living yeah. in these nice areas, and they're getting to eat. You know, they're getting – they're being given all this great food. They're being given a lot of food. Now, does that really sound like a bad thing if you're an animal and you're just – Yeah. You're I, being, you know, fed. It's like, you know – it's like they're, you know, uh, working for you, giving, uh, giving yeah. you all this great food. It's kind of crazy. I have a friend who's like, this band is the best thing ever. Okay, let's stop and think about it. For people who don't know, foie gras, because not a lot of people eat it. I don't know anyone that has it regularly. It's duck's liver or geese liver. They use ducks more commonly because they're easier. And all ducks have livers. But if you feed them, overfeed them and feed them really fatty stuff, then their liver gets bigger, 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 bigger. And you have more profit from that particular duck or goose, which is why they force feed them so much so that they can get more money out of that duck, more return on their value. That's about greed. If you wanted like a slightly less quality foie gras without as much coming from each individual animal, it's like plumping up the chickens and plumping up their chicken breasts with... uh, Hormones and stuff like that, which is also very bad because we're eating those hormones. But this is actually just overfeeding ducks because they want to get more money out of that duck. Okay, great. You're protecting these ducks. There's one farm in California that even, what do you say, grows foie gras, produces foie gras. Right, raises, one yeah, farm. raises ducks for foie gras. It's one farm and it's affecting the top echelon of people who even eat this stuff not even every day, not even every week, maybe once a month. Did you hear, oh, no foie gras for me. I just had some yesterday. Oh, I just had it for lunch. No, thank you. I'm totally good. No, it's not that prevalent. Why? Why ban something that is such a small effect on the, it's not even helping the environment. It's helping a handful of ducks who aren't getting fed as much now. It is. And I think, as I said before, it's misplaced. I don't think a lot of people know what foie gras is. So if kind of the whole idea of banning the foie gras is, you know, this, that they can say they had this victory. Um, I don't know how many people are going to get to become, you know, into the, uh, the activism of the cause if, if they don't know what foie gras is. If, if you can say to people, we've gotten the foie gras banned already, they'll be like, you got what banned? Yeah, so what? I had never had foie gras. I had it last month. Why? Because it was going to be banned and I wanted to see what the big deal was about. So yes, I tried it last month. And yeah, and here becomes the issue actually of as it's about to be banned, um, there's been a lot of protests outside, which I don't really understand why they're protesting it, considering that they already got their way and Congress passed. <laughs> oh the my thing god, that's it. a good like, point. What's the point of of taking your time to protest something that's already going to be banned? In fact, <laughs> it, in some ways, I think. And the other thing they're doing is I hear these vegans are like calling in, making reservations. And then not showing up so people don't come to eat it now. Okay, so what happens with this? Is this going to send – if they do this, isn't the fog then just going to go to waste? It says they're making it worse because now we're having extra waste. It's going to be thrown out. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I mean I say if, if you're – even if you're against fog you should – it's actually better to eat it so we don't have waste produced. And hey, maybe you'll eat it, and then maybe you'll see how good it tastes. And you'll <laughs> see, think I, it was good, but I wasn't that impressed. I don't have to run out and have it again. Oh, I was the opposite. I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's like, so it's liver. Okay, great, whatever. I, I don't 
see the need to ban things that aren't a, that much of a problem. Call me crazy. But the other thing that scares us, and we were discussing this on my show too, so if you're listening to this on download, then next you should go and download my show because we had a really great talk about it too. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. The other thing we were mentioning is where does it end? What's the next ban? Are they going to ban veal, which I personally do not agree with veal being eaten. I think it's terrible. I've seen it. I'm from Pennsylvania. I saw that. <laughs> and it's terrible and people shouldn't eat veal. But I don't support a ban on it. I just support educating people so that they know better than to eat it. People don't understand the conditions that veal cows are raised in. Maybe if they did, they would eat it less. People didn't know what was happening to ducks and geese. Maybe if they were educated about it, they would have stopped eating it on their own without this ban going into place. So that's my big concern is where's this going? Where does it end? What are we going to keep banning next? It's like there are so many things out there that are bad, bad for us to eat, bad for the environment, bad for the planet. So we ban foie which has nothing to do with pretty much anything, I don't get it. I wish someone would explain it to me, but when people explain it to me, they try to say, oh, no, it's, it's a good step in the right direction. No, I don't see that. That's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. Can you explain it a little bit? Where do you think it's going to go after this? Well, I know certainly, I mean, it might not necessarily be with food right away because I know there's also a big push for the fur ban, which, as I explained on the previous show, I'm not for the fur ban either because I'm about using every part of the animal. So, yeah, me too. okay, foxes, we don't eat them. We shouldn't make fur out of foxes. And uh, maybe I could support uh, banning fox fur, although. But chinchillas. <laughs> on the other hand, I don't know. Maybe someone could serve up a delicious dish of fox and I uh, would. Uh, I don't think that would be tasty. <laughs> maybe not. Um. No, that brings me to chinchillas because that is some very soft fur. Chinchillas are raised specifically to become fur. I'm not saying I'm going to run out and buy a chinchilla coat, but um, they're treated very well because their fur is higher quality if they're treated well. And I don't think they're killed really traumatically. <laughs> so I don't see the point of that ban either. No. And so the thing is, what I was going to say was um, I think that fur can actually be good because for one, the argument that we don't <laughs> <one>. need fur <laughs> for one. That was cute. <laughs> the argument that we don't need fur, I can't see that as true because if that was, PETA wouldn't have the link to five fake fur sites on its, on its yeah, page. Yeah, what's, what's with faux fur and faux leather? Yeah, That's a petroleum product. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a very big supporter of using all parts of the animal. So like mm -hmm. leather. I mean, I know it's a problem that a lot of leather is not made from the same animal that we get our beef from. And that needs to change. In addition, you can make fur from things like rabbit, and I love gamey animals, so I, I actually, is great. Yeah, I, my first husband, <laughs> I've had several. My first husband was a hunter in Pennsylvania, and we would get deer. We would get, um, he hunted rabbits one day, and I said, I will cook them, just please don't bring them in resembling a rabbit anymore, because that will kind of break my heart. See, so I, okay, I care. I just didn't want to see Thumper in his form before I went to cook him. <laughs> so he honored that and he brought it into me in a way that I wasn't reminded what I was eating. So yeah, vegans can jump on me for that one. But I did prepare it. It was delicious. So if you're making for out of stuff that you eat anyway, is that okay? 
That's I say so. I say that there were people who used to do it that way, and the Earth was a lot better off. And those were the Native Americans. We mentioned that during my show. Um, they used the whole of the animal. The, with the buffalo, they used everything. They used the bladder. They used the skin. They used the fur. They ate the meat. They ate every part of meat they could. And they were. that was a much more sustainable way to live. They didn't waste anything because they couldn't. So when you talk about not being cruel and being sustainable, they ate meat and they did it right. So, yeah. Yeah. So getting back to what they do, I mean, first, certainly one thing. As far as food, I mean, I think probably the next one that they would ban is veal, which is another thing that I don't think people eat that often. I think they eat, they eat, they eat it a hell of a lot more than foie gras. Yeah. <laughs> and I said it before, I'll say it again. It's delicious. It really is. I cannot in good conscience eat it. Right. And now I know that a lot of people are going to excuse me of using the slippery, slippery slope argument, which you know they always say don't use that. But no, it's, it's not using that argument. It's basing off what I've read that when vegans describe their movement as abolitionist movement, I think it's pretty clear that they're going to go – I mean they're pretty much admitting that – they want to abolish all types of animal products. So for them to go foie gras, it's really scary of what step, what they will go after next. And I mean, you know, next would be veal, but then, and others agree with it too. Cause in fact, one of my favorite chefs, Chris Cosentino has, has said that he says, foie is low hanging fruit for attack. And he says, he's also said essentially animal rights activists have an agenda for a vegan country. Once this goes through, they're going to go to the next meat item they deem unfit. That's true. And, and how is it theirs to say that? It's not. And when we, we were talking before about bans that are good and bans that are bad, and why are you for some bans and some government interference, like plastic bag bans, as opposed to a foie gras ban? How can you? Isn't that hypocritical to be for one ban and not the other? Well, no, because. A, a ban like something on plastic bags or smoking or something like that, that's a ban because it affects other people's health, not just your own. The foie gras, I, I simply don't see the point. Why couldn't education have been the answer there instead of just an all-reaching ban, which is only going to get more and more out of control? So if you're banning foie gras, you're protecting a few ducks and geese. If you're banning veal, you're protecting those cows that shouldn't be raised that way. I agree with that, but I don't agree with the ban. I say education. So next, what? Chickens? Eggs? What are you banning next? I happen to eat lamb. I love lamb. It's not the cute little frolicking little tiny baby lambs that I'm eating. It's actually more like a like a teenage sheep. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's bigger. You're getting more meat out of it. Um, you're going to ban that? Where does it end? I, I agree I with that, Chef. It, does. it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. And you can't – this is not a society. The answer is not for everyone to be vegan. Yes, you and I, Aaron, we both totally agree that factory farming needs to go away. Shouldn't we think more towards that than protecting a handful of geese and ducks? Because foie gras – here's the other thing, and you know this. Foie gras is still going to be produced because this is just in California. It's still going to be produced. It's still going to be eaten. As, remember – You'll like this one. Remember that ban, so-called ban on horse meat mm -hmm. that was getting repealed or something like that? 
Didn't like Obama like lift a ban on something? He did. Yeah. That doesn't mean we're all going to go out and eat horses. Yeah, and the other thing to note is that actually there have been foie gras bans in – I don't know if other states, but I know there was a foie gras ban in the city of Chicago, which ended up getting overturned. There are only three foie gras farms in America. So, so what 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 are you really protecting there? What, what are you stopping? You know, and people were saying, well, you're wrong when you think that that energy should have gone somewhere else. Everyone has their battles. Everyone has their beliefs. What is what what is making anything better with this particular ban? I just want someone to tell me that. Right. Well, I think a lot of his people believe that it's a that it's worse than the other types of animals that we eat, how they're raised, which I disagree with on that. I think factory farming, what's done to pigs, what's done to chickens, what's done to cows. It's terrible. That's that's much worse than than foie gras. I mean, you know, it's as far as then oh, is is foie gras say crueler than say um pastured cattle i don't even know that i would say that because i think it's a misunderstanding um i think i think partly the idea of what you're saying is that even if it were crueler banning it is not the answer no education is the answer because yeah because it, it is a thing that very much it's a thin there is very much a thin line and i think we even admit of a thin line between kind of like banning plastic bags mm-hmm. and banning albums, that there is a thin line that it would i think it would make it very hard to determine then what's considered cruel for animals yes. and what's not, which, I mean, you know, certainly I'm sure vegans have no problem because I think they'll start to use that then as an example of, well, you were all supported. You said you didn't eat foie gras or veal because you said it was cruel. Well, here's what they do to the other animals. I know that. That's why we eat more sustainably. I, I don't know. It's the you say slippery slope. It is one. I just feel like education is more the answer. And people can come back at me and say, well, then why didn't you support education on plastic bags instead of the ban? Because it wasn't working. (laughs) (laughs) We tried and tried. We had people knew that plastic bags were bad and still use them. If people could perhaps see how, you know, stand outside a a restaurant that serves foie gras with a sign that is showing, you know, you got like your anti-abortionist with their anti-abortion graphic pictures for their deterrent. Do that with, uh, you know, the animals. Use education instead. Then people are still making an informed choice, but they're not hurting my health. They're not hurting your health with their choice. For things like plastic bags, that's different. Let's look at what makes sense. Let's look at what's logical. Let's look at what's making the world a better place. Okay, not force-feeding ducks and geese. It's making the world a better place. We're just, it's too far. Another thing with plastic bags versus foie gras, here's the thing is um, foie gras is very expensive and a lot of people can't can't afford it. On the other hand, plastic bags were given by free for the restaurant – by the supermarkets. And restaurants. <laughs> and restaurants, yes. And, um, and, one, and in the case of the supermarkets, some people thought it was too much to spend on reusable bags. Mm-hmm. So there's a little reverse in terms of <laughs> economic ec- – implications of these two oh exactly i i don't know anyone who eats foie gras i really don't i know some some people in the weston a price foundation they're big they love foie gras that's probably that's probably the one group um i know a couple other people but i mean i i'm a little more in the in the foodie circle so mm-hmm. certainly in that i mean and all these high-end chefs like i mean a lot of like almost all these chefs on top chef they cook it i mean um michael voltaggio who won the las vegas season his place, Inc., has foie gras, and 
in um, the All-Star season, Richard Blaze <laughs> won the season with his foie gras ice cream dessert. <laughs> and you know what? Guess what? That's still going to happen because this only happened in California, and it's likely not going to continue to the rest of the country. Now, when you say plastic bags were banned in L.A., that will happen. That will cause a wave that will happen. Banning the foie gras in California isn't really going to affect the rest of the country. Actually, it could bring up tourism for Vegas because right next door in Vegas, just a six-hour drive, there's lots of foie gras restaurants. That's become a pretty popular place for these yeah. master chefs to be. And can you yeah. still like import it? Can you still get it from another st- state? Probably. I mean, I don't think there's going to you know be people at the border saying check your truck for foie gras so i mean you could oh, you could bring good. it over state lines so she can't bring foie i mean you know it's basically lines. what it does smuggling is, foie gras is it, it bans any sale of foie gras so i mean you couldn't uh, import it from another state for sale but i mean no but you, you can, can certainly bring it in right i mean what do we accomplish with it i think that's my bottom line it's not so much we shouldn't have done it what's your point <laughs> what did all this energy do is it having an effect like maybe some vegans will say, yes, it is. It's starting something. I don't see the good. I don't see the good. I don't. Yeah. And then I guess it comes a question of even if they're able to accomplish this, will it really help them accomplish other bands? I mean, in some ways we're a little scared. But on the other hand, I mean, you know, it's a thing of um, banning oh, really? foods that people don't <laughs> don't eat. Don't eat is easy. But I mean, is it really going to help them? I'm banning us cargo next. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor snails shouldn't be fried. I mean, you know, because I'm sure, you know, something that, like, I mean, vegans would ban that's uh, that we consume on a larger scale. I know some vegans have called dairy the cruelest industry of them all because of impregnating the cows <sighs> and of, you know, and, and that it also contributes to the veal industry. But a ban on dairy, I mean, you People know. People should just, here's the thing. You don't need to drink milk. I love my butter. I love ice cream. I don't eat a lot of it, but butter, cheese, love cheese. But we don't need to drink as much milk as we do. We really don't. We're the only animals that continue to drink milk after our infancy. Well, we're the only animals maybe that choose. I have to say, actually, um, milk can be good for a lot of animals. Raw milk, that is, not pasteurized. No animals should consume pasteurized milk, but there are actually a lot of benefits of like cats being fed raw milk, mm-hmm. chickens being fed raw milk. In fact, um, because I know it's been a problem with chickens of finding an adequate um, what was it, protein or um, something to feed them that a lot of chickens, um, they're fed soy because I've heard that actually soy is the lesser of some, <sighs> some other things that chickens are fed, which is even worse. Um, so probably the best um, substitute that I've they found is the um, raw dairy company, Organic Pastures, mm-hmm. their chickens are given raw milk in, okay, but in place. Y- yeah, but you're talking animals. You're not talking humans. Yeah. We do not need to consume uh, right. Well, you were much. saying that other animals no, it, don't Yeah, it's it, fine. They, they don't choose, but there are, I think there actually are advantages to other animals being given dairy. Um, we don't need to eat as much. On the other hand, I think that dairy is a good thing. Now, certainly for you and I, since we eat meat, this doesn't hold, but... Um, for people like vegetarians who don't want to eat meat, I believe that the milk has a lot of nutrients and vitamins if they're not going to eat meat that they can get through the dairy. That's true. So I, I support it also for that reason. I mean, in some ways, I actually – because, yeah, I, veganism I view as an extreme. I don't really have an issue with vegetarianism though as long as you're not eating too much of the fake meat. I don't have an issue with vegans as long as they leave me the heck alone. 
Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I see it as an extreme. I mean, personally, if, if they're able to be healthy on a vegan diet, okay. Um, I, you know, it's, I know, just, like it's, it's my personal belief. That's the problem. It's my personal belief that it's not fit for a lot of people. And it bothers me, the vegans that, I mean, I guess still, you know, it's, they're harming themselves, but it kind of bothers me. Like I hear of these vegans, I heard of this one that, um, his naturopath told him that he was lacking in vitamins and said, well, can you at least try like eating some eggs? And he would refuse to do it. Like basically he would support veganism over his own health was basically the case. How do you feel about people raising, like they have a baby and they start raising their baby as a vegan? I have to say, I don't think it's good. I mean, I see cholesterol as good for helping your brain grow. Your brain needs cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Needs. I'm interested to see what happens because this is – I wouldn't say it's, it's definitely not a new phenomenon, but I think it's uh, going to be a little bit more prevalent now where we're going to see some kids being raised like that and what happens to them. Yeah, we well, can that's, see that's a little of it. On, let's, I mean, let's watch for that. A lot of these vegan parents are kind of, I find, exploitative of their kids that are being raised as vegan. I mean they'll give them – they'll put them on YouTube and make these videos and specifically there's this one – it's the title is called Veganism: A Seven Year Old's Perspective. Yeah, you which, showed that. So that's funny. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I was able actually to watch the whole thing. I know. I could um, <laughs> No, the thing is, the title of it. First of all, a seven year old's perspective. It's not your perspective. You're reading things that your parents wrote for you to say. You're seven. You kind of don't have a perspective. The other thing is, if you listen to her talk. You find that she can't breathe very well throughout her nose, and she's breathing throughout her mouth. You can. Tell in the way that she sounds, and I've talked to ex-vegans that they've said they had that problem when oh, they were vegan, and when they went on like you know eat, went back to eating meat, it went away. Here's what I think: instead of banning something that's eaten by like two percent of the public, foie gras, why not attack the GMOs? Mm-hmm. And people say, well, no, you've got to choose your battles and, you know, that's a battle for someone else. This is this is a victory for us. It's wasted energy. Wasted energy. The GMO soy is so much of a worse problem than foie gras. I just can't get my head around it, Aaron. And it, GMOs do affect animals too. I mean, because I, mean, I know that they would like to just see any type of animals for food being banned but i mean come on you, you gotta be i think there has to be a thing of you gotta get a little realistic Balance. and you know it's kind of i know the whole abolitionist move but it's like really if you know if um if animals are at least being given better conditions isn't that at least a step in the right direction so like banning gmos i mean these cows they're fed genetically modified corn and mm-hmm. genetically modified soy a genetically modified corn is affecting the bees. <laughs> it's like you don't use honey because you don't want to exploit bees, but bees are being killed by the GMO corn and other stuff out there. Good. You saved a duck. I'm so happy. That duck doesn't have to get force-fed anymore. Wow. Yay you. Yeah, I mean, what are the number of actual ducks that will be saved? That's what I want to hear. And I just I want to know, really, it's just kind of... Um, how will this kind of further the cause of people? It just sort of like can it really even work? As uh, they say this on their accomplishments, we ban foie gras. Yeah. Don't. Here's my thing. Don't ban foie gras. Ban the forced feeding. Absolutely, that is a ban that I'm supportive of. I would support that too. I would support it. Yeah, I would say we could you know allow foie gras to be 
produced. legal if it's ones where ducks just walk up and eat the food. Yeah, if they just eat whatever which, they want. Which it can be done. A lot of people don't know that. but um, It can be done. It's not as profitable. But there you have it. Okay, so it's not as profitable. So then, in other words, we're producing less foie gras, so there would be less foie gras eaten. There you go. That was my whole point the whole time is don't ban the foie gras, ban the method for getting it. Don't ban chicken, ban the factory farming, ban, don't ban eggs, ban the factory farming of eggs. Don't ban beef, ban the factory farming. So we're not against bans. Right. Now, <laughs> some people would ask, similar to the plastic bags, why are we against banning factory farms? And I have to say, factory farming is like plastic Evil. bags. I mean, It's harmful for everyone. It is. The emissions that it The, the emissions, leaves. the antibiotics, the effluents, the the conditions, just everything from top to bottom. It's it's the meat that's being produced out of it isn't a good quality. So we're not against bans, we're against stupid bans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and, and also it I mean factory farming I think leads to the biggest misconception about meat and animal products, which is that based because I mean, just yesterday when I was explaining to someone that I'm, I'm very much into environmental causes and because earlier she heard me talk about how I'll eat almost any type of animal, she <laughs> says, so you're for environmental causes except for when it comes to eating meat. And I said, no, because <laughs> the whole thing of all this saying that meat is responsible for the, the, the problems of the environment, it's like it's the biggest problem. That's only half right. Factory farming is. Yes. But as I see it, actually, pasteurized animals is probably – one of the best things for the environment. You know what I think is the worst thing for the environment? Out-of-growth population. Exactly. Out-of-growth population is what led to factory farming and GMOs. So, you know, let's look at the real causes here. And how much crap gets wasted? Exactly, because I heard a little um, rendition of that whole vegan uh, garbage of a, a vegan driving a Hummer has a lower carbon oh, footprint than so not meteor true. driving. Free. It's not true. So, But here is one that is true. A Let's see. I'm trying to remember it. A, um, a meat-eating, a meat-eater with no kids has a lower carbon footprint than a vegan family with one kid. Pretty sure that was me saying that a couple of weeks ago. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, as a meat-eater sustainable. I have a lower carbon footprint than any vegan who has had children. Period. Period. Right. And the other thing is I see meat eating as good for the environment pasture-raised because it provides us with necessary fertilizer nutrients for the plants. I mean, if we don't do that, then there'll be very little animals left and where are we going to get our fertilizer from? Yeah. You know, how, how many... Crops we could grow. And the other thing is... We always get onto this. <laughs> we do, yeah. Well, the other thing is, I mean, because um, like vegans try to accuse the whole ministry of that we have to, we have to you know, chop down forests in order to raise animals for it. Well, okay, well, where are we going to find land to grow more plants? I mean, there is no magical bean that could just grow all the plants to suit everyone. No, if, the thing is, if we all turn vegan tonight... A lot of animals would suffer. They would. And there would be a giant food shortage because we'd be uh, competing for the same food. We would, yeah, because in fact I heard this one vegan talking about how one of his plants he's growing in his garden got eaten by like a squirrel or something. Well, let's see. If only there were a way to uh, get animals to not eat your crops. (laughs) 
It's like, oh, yeah, if the, the cows are going to roam free and then they're going to be crashing into people's gardens so that they have food because they're starving because they're all competing and they're just dying. Yeah, there's no good way to just everyone turn vegan. You can encourage people to eat less meat. You can encourage people not to eat foie gras. You can encourage people not to eat beef or bluefin tuna. <laughs> it, let's just, yeah, there's so much. We need to all, the omnivores and the vegans and the vet, vegetarians need to actually all come down on the same side against factory farming. Agreed. That's, I mean, and that's a thing of, I mean, a lot of these vegans, they're really opposed to people like the Michael Pollins and, mm-hmm. and the Joel Salatins. And, and Weston A. Price. Right. And the thing is that they're really – there are more common bonds than they think between uh, the two. It kind of makes me crazy. I'm tired of not being seen as good enough because I'm not a vegan. And it has, it's happened to me extremely recently where I was looked down upon because I'm green, but I'm not green enough because I eat meat. No. Stop it. It's not cool. And th- this foie gras ban would – I'd be all for it if it was going to lead into things like the ban on factory farming. It's not – not at all. It's kind of pointless, but I agree with them when I when they say we sh- need to stop factory farming. You and I, Aaron, wholeheartedly agree. But they don't hear that. They just hear that we eat meat. They just catch the whiff of you know bacon on our breath. <laughs> bacon. When I- but it's like, can't we find the common ground and go towards that instead of you pointing fingers at us, going, "You're not good enough." I agree because I just I think that we both are you know both the vegans and us the Weston A. Price Michael mm-hmm. Pondelson that that we're all against factory farming I mean there is more of a common bond but it's just for the vegans it's like I mean I've heard even vegans be anti-vegetarians because of what they no. do really yeah they've said like they've said to vegetarians you know it's not right what you're doing you're still allowing for lots of cruelty with your dairy and your eggs oh my God. <laughs> I mean it's just it's sort of it's a thing with them where it's like they have no negotiation or they were really offended by that Chipotle ad I don't know if you saw that mm-hmm. one that shows basically how like their their farms are and they're like oh how how are they glor- they're glorifying uh, raising animals and it's like it's yeah. kind of their cause how do you, how do they expect to get more members if they if they just go after everyone that doesn't follow them 100%. I know. It's yeah, of... it's, it creates a divide, and we don't need a divide. We need, we need common ground. And we're there with you. We really are. I swear it. I swear I am there. I am for a compassionate living. I am for you know not torturing animals so that I can eat. I'm for raising them sustainably. I mean, I cannot wait till we're living back east and I can go up to the local Amish farm and get my produce, not my produce, because I'm going to be growing my own produce, get my eggs, dairy, meat from them. You're not going to have a pet chicken? Probably not. I don't think so. Maybe, but probably not. I'd rather just go and let get my eggs yeah, from them. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I keep joking <laughs> that I want to get a chicken in my backyard, <laughs> but I don't think so. But um, And the thing is, actually, the eggs that I buy, actually, the reason that I buy them were because of conditions that I had read on vegan sites about what's done to the chickens and actually found that there were some eggs I could buy, which the chickens didn't have those conditions. Exactly. And that's where you're just voting with your dollar. Mm-hmm. My husband bought organic eggs. They were $1.40 more than the regular eggs. But he bought them because he knew they were better. Right. They, they taste better. They cook better. They're better for the chickens. He voted with his dollar. You know, do that instead of banning. It, it just I, I can't get my head around it, Aaron. I really can't. Right. I know some people would, you know, criticize me for this, but I just, 
No. Let's spend your energy on more important things. I would love to ban plastic diapers. Is it going to happen? No. I try to educate people for their evils. So what type? You recommend cloth diapers? Yes. Yeah. Now, do you ever see that ad on Saturday Night Live, the Earthies diapers? <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. I've never seen that. It's, I've, you know, I haven't been able to find that. Actually, they did, a, they did another ad similar to that, but it, it wasn't as good. It felt like basically like it was kind of a rehash of this one they did in the <laughs> 90s. Now it's Because, yeah, they, the Earthies diapers were ones that you planted in the ground. They had seeds on them, and they grew into vegetables. Ew. <laughs> these other ones are ones that it, it's like it's kind of idea, but you don't plant. These are ones you just cook after they're Oh, gross. And, <laughs> Yeah, the other one was like gross. It's kind of as with typical Sarah Live. It seems to have gone more for the gross factor than yeah. it used to. And <laughs> yeah, the uh, the later ad just seemed like a rehash of the earlier one. Not as funny, <laughs> but no, the Earthies diapers in the in the nineties was. I don't know if they have that season on DVD yet or not. Mm. But um. <laughs> lovely. Yeah, there are so many things you could ban, but where do you stop? I mean, yes, we need to ban stuff like plastic bags because the education just is right. not working. Right, and and also it's a thing of that it harms everyone with the oil. That we need to ban things where the mass production is very mm-hmm. pollute, pollutant in our earth, like factory farming. It's yes, similar to very. Pl- but uh, we're, all, mean, we're all for that, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're not on an opposite team here. But like the, the carbon <laughs> footprint of foie gras, you know, since this is greener three, I don't see there being that much of a carbon. No, I, how many ducks have we saved this year? I don't know. I don't know. So the, yeah, and also, cons- I mean, is there even factory farmed foie gras? I mean, no. maybe there's ones in cramped conditions, but it's not like there's you know these, you know, all this waste being emitted with foie gras. Where do you even buy foie gras in grocery stores? I don't. I don't think you can buy it in grocery stores. No, I mean, it's just... It's like it's, a Bristol Farms kind of product or something. Or? I don't know if they even sell it. I mean, considering there's only one farm, I think it's probably probably something just at restaurants. I mean, um, we'll have to see. I mean, my friend uh, Anne-Marie, who does the Cheese Slay blog, she'd know if you could buy it in stores. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> she's going to be on later this month. Oh, good. Yeah. We'll talk about that if, if it is even available in stores. But she mainly said, you know, any uh, French restaurant serves it or... I think her favorite one is the one animal, that trendy uh, Fairfax restaurant. They serve uh, <laughs> foie gras. I'll have to go there before the band takes a place. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see the point. I just don't see the point. No, and people have tried to explain it to me, and it, it fails. Yeah, and it, I mean, it does look like it's going to go into place because I know there's last-minute efforts to try to reverse it, um, but probably not. And I mean, you know, we'll have to... We'll have to see exactly how it does. I mean, you know, I think it would be interesting to explore it like six months later. Exactly. Uh, what really – what benefits have we gotten here? <laughs> yeah. I don't see what the benefits are. I mean when you're talking about, oh, California bans blowfish in sushi restaurants, that's a little different. You can die from eating it. Kind of stupid to eat it. Foie gras, some ducks aren't going to be force-fed anymore. Yay, you. Right. It's, just, it's hard for me to kind of – there's – very few things can ban altogether, like ban the type of feeding. It's also a thing of like, you know, I wouldn't ban all type of fish because, you know, there's, they're becoming, um, we're losing a lot of our fish population, but there's certainly there's but types why? of fish. Because of the commercial fishing, the right. overfishing. And there's certainly, there's types of fish that should maybe be banned that we shouldn't. Oh, the bluefin yeah. tuna is going away really quickly. Right, you know, stuff that's on falls on like the red rating, like that yeah. stuff. I could see as banning, but it's not even because we eat it. It's because we abuse, we overfish, we abuse it. Why? 
too many people. I always come back to that. That's a very unpopular and, and also, the thing is also fish. I mean, it's also um, – we have a lot of cats. And <laughs> There's a lot of waste. There's just a lot of waste. It's, it's an interesting thing actually. A friend of mine who is a vegan um, actually got in some controversy for selling on his site cat food with you know, like fish for cats. And you know, vegans were saying, how could you do this? How could you sell oh my God. animals? And he's like, look, I've been a vegan longer than any other people, but you can't feed your cats a vegan diet. No. Cats are omnivores. Right. Or I believe carnivores. Carnivores. Yeah. No, no, just they munch on grass for a little bit. Yeah, they're carnivores. Dogs are carnivores. You can't make your dog a vegan. You shouldn't. If you do, you should have your dog taken away. It's carnivore. If you can't deal with that, get a freaking rabbit. Yeah, if you can't deal with that, just, you should not, you should not <laughs> own a, a pet if, uh, if you have a problem with feeding your pet animals. Right. Then I would love to own a okay. snake. I kind of cringe at the fact of feeding a snake like little pinkies and stuff like that. So I don't have a snake. Well, it's, it's, and I've, I've eaten snake and I actually say... Snake is delicious. It's good to eat because you're actually protecting the little animals from getting eaten by the snake. <laughs> I, they're, I've had snake. It's very tasty. <laughs> do they have a problem with that because it's not a cute animal? Do, do vegans have a problem with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have any. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's a snake. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it it boggles the mind, Aaron. It really Me does. Me too. I mean, I'll never understand. Hurt. No, it's, it's <laughs> my hard. Brain I mean, cramps. we never understand. I guess just I think the one thing is I think kind of we need to. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly bring us up on the show, you know, in um, you know six months, maybe in a year, because um, I don't know if this fighting for fall will be an annual thing since next year. It'll just well, unless yeah, let's see what you, reverse. I, but but it will be interesting. Probably in a year to uh, I mean, possibly next year for June, we could have kind of. A remembrance of foie gras. <laughs> in remembrance. Let's see. Yeah, the, let's the see one year whose anniver- life. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back at the one-year anniversary of the ban, and, and we'll talk about where have we gone with it. Kind of, <laughs> what has happened? You know, kind of, I think in, in a year, maybe from now, we'll, you know, now we're talking about kind of the, the negatives. We'll talk about, you know, looking back at, at, at certain bands, like, you know, because that's one. I, you know, to me, the, the trans fat ban didn't make a lot of sense because, you know, okay, you remove trans fats from these desserts, but... There's so many unhealthy things in these, <laughs> you know, in these desserts. I mean, it's not just trans fats. I mean, that you also have refined sugar, white mm-hmm. flour, vegetable oil. Mm-hmm. Oh, removing the trans fats that makes such canola oil—that's horrible stuff. That I, it's pff, there's it's more about the education. If people just avoid trans fats, if they avoid high fructose corn syrup, I loved what you said about. Not corn syrup not being classified as sugar anymore. That's awesome. It's the education. That's where we need to be. And if the education fails and breaks down like it did for the plastic bags, yeah, the government has to step in because we needed to stop that now because it's really, really bad. You can't say foie gras is really, really bad. It's just not. I'm sorry. And I have to say, I have to commend because a lot of times, I mean, the FDA is the one that makes raw milk illegal in a lot of states. I mean, yes. that I admire them for really standing up to the corn industry saying you can't call it corn sugar. Cause, That's amazing. Because certainly if people the saw that. The corn lobby I mean, is huge. They really. Would, <laughs> you know, people would say just, oh, it's sugar. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, that's great. I'm kind of speechless because it's just it's that uh, is kind of mind boggling that the, the, the corn that, lobby failed, right? Because well, because <laughs> the thing is, there are, you you have a lot of things now because I mean, some people do know, are educated somewhat about high fructose corn syrup that you have some of these other syrups that I think a lot of people don't realize are bad for you. Like mm-hmm. instead of corn syrup, they'll use like tapioca syrup, and I mean that's pretty much just as bad. There's a lot of these 
like other types of syrups you see in products that are just as bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me personally, you know, on moderation, I will have like stuff with cane sugar. I mean, but I would really like to see more products being sold that are made with what's called whole cane sugar, things like sucanat or Rapunzel. Um, or coconut. Co- right, coconut sugar. Here's the thing. Quit eating so many processed foods. Exactly, which uh, leads That's me into uh, what we'll be talking about next week with our guest. Um, Who's your guest next week? Next week, the guest is Dee McCaffrey. She runs Process Free America, where she's very much about you know foods that are sugarless and flourless. Nice. So we'll uh, we'll be talking a lot about that, and we we'll be talking also about that. We got into a little last week uh, when we talked about the whole lipid hypothesis about how that um, sugar could be a greater cause of like heart disease mm-hmm. and um, and other things. Well, and diabetes, which. That puckles my mind, actually, people that blame <laughs> cholesterol for diabetes. Like with Paula Dean, when she was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I said, oh, well, it must be because of the butter she put in her food. What? <laughs> Last I checked, diabetes is a rise in blood sugar. So how butter contributes to that? <laughs> well, butter contributes to her weight, which contributed to her problems. That's like, Maybe that's what they were saying. I don't know. It's just, well, I even, have, I even have a little issue with saying... Butter contributes to weight. I mean, I love uh, butter. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe if it's butter from corn-fed cows, maybe a little bit. But I mean, (laughs) I actually, uh, after getting into the Weston A. Price, I've learned about actually how butter is good for you. Mm, Butter. So, so as we as we've I think discussed, I think we need a lot of education because to kind of to to sum it all up, we need a lot of education because there's a lot of misunderstandings. Misunderstanding about foie gras. Misunderstanding about. What foods are really good for yeah. you? The population has increased, but the education has decreased. So that's we a problem. Do that. So actually, uh, first we're going to go into desserts. But um, <laughs> before we do that, why don't you tell people where they can find your website? Why, thank you, Aaron. They can find my website on greenearthradio.com. I am the Good Green Witch, Rhonda DeFelice. You can also find me on Facebook, Good Green Witch. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, Go Green Witch. And uh, I have my blog on goodgreenwitch.com. Where I rant a lot. Read the foie gras one. You'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) You will. I loved it myself. (laughs) So now we're going to go into desserts, and we're going to do it a little differently today. This is a first. Rhonda is both my first repeat guest, and she's also going to be my first guest that's going to actually give an appropriate pick in our dessert section. (laughs) As we've been doing for the past several months, we've been giving a recommendation of where to get foie gras so you know where to get it while you still can. So, Rhonda, what are we recommending today for where to get foie gras? District 13 in Hollywood. They uh, are serving it right up until the last day. <laughs> they have it in many different ways. They have it like in, I tried it in sausage form and uh, it was, it was quite, it was, okay. All their foods are really kind of cool. They have venison sausage. They have pheasant sausage. They have foie gras sausage. And we went there specifically to try it again because it's being banned and we wanted to see what we would be missing out on. So way to go, vegans. You got me to try foie gras instead. <laughs> so District 13 was a really good place. Their their beer selection is beyond compare. Right. Great craft beer selection. I mean, they're... Oh, so good. They're sustainable all around. I mean, they yes. use a lot of organic ingredients. They do. And... So it's a great restaurant, even though it's serving meat. Right. Well, and I, I like that a lot of the meat is wild animals. Mm-hmm. They have yes. alligator sausages, I mm-hmm. think, and deer sausages. Very, so. very different menu. So you can, you can, you know that those ones are 
wild raised animals. No, mm-hmm. no factory farming. With no factory farm deer. Those. <laughs> <laughs> so the foie gras was uh, definitely very interesting to try. And if you're looking for a place to try it before the ban goes into effect, I highly recommend District 13. I do. And also I recommend it because it's a little lower in price. I mean, it is a little more expensive than other sausages, but mm-hmm. you're going to be spending le- less on that foie gras than you're going to be spending at one of these French restaurants. Yes. they brought The portions that they brought out, I thought, oh, that's not a very big portion. But you know what? I was completely satisfied. I wasn't stuffed. I was completely – I was full enough. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, maybe you were full because there was no, like, preservatives in the meat right. and they weren't fed. That's The bread was delicious. I think we had onion rings too, which were really, really good. The, the restaurant all around, I gave it a very yeah, high rating. Good restaurant all around. Very, mm-hmm. very appropriate restaurant. I mean, District 13 even refers to the political district. So that's our foie gras pick for the week. Mm-hmm. And as far as a couple other desserts um, – at Whole Foods now, they are selling the Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef. And Hearst Ranch is is one that's recommended by the site eatwild.com. And it also falls on the list of the shopping guide for the Weston A. Price Foundation. That Whole Foods will be selling the Hearst Ranch beef up until August of this year. And finally, there is another opening. Another Mendocino Farms has opened. This one is on 3rd and Fairfax. Mendocino Farms shares the namesake of the Northern California city. It's actually an L.A.-based restaurant chain, but they fell very much in the sustainable methods uh, in the Mendocino up north. And they have a great variety of sandwiches, which feature a lot of local ingredients of locally sourced meat and produce. I'll have to try that. That's good. So that's all for this week. Next week on my show will be Dee McCaffrey. She runs the Center for Process-Free Living, also known as Process-Free America. In addition, she has an upcoming book called The Skinny of Fat, and she'll be on my show next week.